الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والله جعل لكم من بيوتكم سكنا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تدخلوا الجنة حتى تؤمنوا ولا تؤمنوا حتى تحابوا أولا أدلكم على شيء إذا فعلتموه تحاببتم أفش السلام بينكم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders Allah Ta'ala has created us as Ashraful Makhluqat, the greatest of all, the creation of Allah Ta'ala. We have been created in San as human beings, and one side of this human being is the physical side. The physical side has its needs, this physical body needs its nourishment, the person has to eat, then he needs to be able to see how he's going about things, where he's going, what he's doing. He needs to be able to listen and hear. So he has to have his hearing in order. He needs to be able to speak, to express his needs, to express whatever the situation might be. So all these are his physical needs and physical faculties. And this physical self, among the needs that it has, it also has the need for, for example, food, drink, clothing. It also has the need of a shelter. So the physical self of insan, it needs a house. But then there's another part of insan. And the other part of insan is his emotional side. This emotional side of insan is hidden, is not seen, is not visible, but yes, signs might make it visible what are the emotions within a person. Sometimes it might be masked, a person might be in utter grief, but from outside it seems everything is fine. Sometimes a person is bubbling with happiness inside, but he's hiding it from outside, just keeping normal. So sometimes it can be masked, but very often not. But that's the emotional side of insan. That emotional side also has needs. Just as the physical side has to be healthy and fit for a person to be in order, everything go well, the emotional side also has to be in order. And this emotional side is far more sensitive, delicate, and has a greater impact. If the emotional side is not in order, everything else can be in place for the physical self. The best of comforts, the best of food, the best of scenery, anything and everything that he can desire can be in front of him. But if there's turmoil in his emotional self, all this will be meaningless. That food will be tasteless. That scenery would mean nothing to him. That most comfortable bed won't give him sleep. So the emotional side is far more important. Now this physical self needs a house. The emotional self needs a home. If the person is living in a house, that house will give his physical self protection from the elements, from the heat, from the weather, etc. But if that house is not a home, 
house is the structure. It's bonded by bricks, cement put, put together. There'll be the various things put together to put that structure up. That's the house. But a home, a home is a place where hearts are bonded. A home is a place where the people living under that roof are bonded. Then that place might be even a very, very simple mud structure. It might be a hut. But that hut can be a home. And Allah forbid, if that heart that should be bonded within that place, that muhabbat and love and that harmony and that tranquility that should be present there, if that is missing, then even a palace can just be a house, that's it, not a home. can be a massive palace with dozens of rooms and every kind of comfort and amenity that a person can desire and think about, but it can be nothing more than a house. It rather will be just merely like a very expensive cage. So in any case, the whole issue is that this is the need of insan, just as his physical self needs a house, his emotional self needs a home. That is why we hear the statement or the saying that says, home sweet home. You haven't yet heard house sweet house. You might hear of a very nice house, a very beautiful house, a very big house and a very comfortable house. But if it's sweet, it'll be a home. If it's not a home, the sweetness is not there. Without being a home, it will be a very, very dull place. It will be a very cramped place, no matter how vast it might be. It will be a place without any kind of peace and tranquility, no comfort. Can't give a person comfort. Now this is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Qur'an Sharif. وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ بُيُوتِكُمْ سَكَنَا One is buyut, the house. Allah Ta'ala made your houses places of sakan for you, comfort, homes, made it homes for you. This is Allah Ta'ala giving this na'mat, enumerating this na'mat and bounty. Allah Ta'ala has granted you this very great na'mat, made your houses into homes for you. That a home is where, which is sakan, comes from the word sukoon. Sukoon means tranquility, peace. This is happiness. This is muhabbat. Now the issue is that, how does this house become a home? Because it's a very important need. If a person comes from a home, he has a home to live in, then this impacts on everything else. Then his being also, he can function with peace, with tranquility. He can focus correctly. And even in his work of dunya also, he'll be more able to focus. And if that peace is missing, there's a all the time bickering and arguing and all kinds of other negativity continuing within those four walls, then that's going to impact on everything else. And then these are the building blocks of society. Each home becomes the building block of that society. And that becomes a very healthy society. We hear about that this person comes from a stable home. We have this kind of comments making. Otherwise Allah forbid comes from an unstable home. Stable house, it takes it for granted that it was built well. It must be stable. The house is stable, but is it a stable home? So now how does this house become a home? How does this become a place of sakan, of sukoon, maskan? This is the issue. So most of us would need to do some kind of renovation. 
Whenever we want to try to make it more comfortable, we have to do some renovation. But this is not that physical renovation. It requires a spiritual renovation. That spiritual renovation will renovate this house and make it into a home. Now to make it into a home, when normally a person wants to now do something in terms of that physical house, already the budget puts him off. This is going to be very, very expensive out of the budget and there's no way we can manage this. But the spiritual renovation is the simplest of things. It takes no effort, hardly any effort. But yes, it takes a decision, it takes a determination. It takes some little bit of consciousness. And obviously the first determination to make in this regard is that we want to bring that whole, how make that house into such a home that falls within the line of the Sunnah of Rasulullah comes unto the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah. So just to take some very simple pointers, in the limited time that we have, very very simple pointers, daily just some, this is not the end of it, it's only the start of it. Inshallah on some other occasions, Orama Ikram will expand on it. But just the start of it, some simple pointers that will renovate this, to give us a spiritual renovation, and make this house into a home. Make it a place of peace, of happiness, of sukoon. So when a person, we often talk about the first thing coming back home. Because most of the time a person the whole day is out. He's gone to work, he's gone. So the whole thing starts off with returning home. How does a person return home? This is the start of what's going to make this a home. For the people who's al- who are already in there, for the one who's coming in. This is going to be the start of the rest of that time at home. How does a person return home? Now sometimes, some people actually brag about it. In very big inverted commas, brag about it. When I start walking into the house, in fact when I still just drive into the driveway, everybody is on high alert. And everybody is just on high alert, they're just making sure everything is out of the way, nobody is, nothing is out of place. But why? Why must they be on high alert? Are they worried that somebody from the security branch has come? Or is there some terrorist coming walking in? No, they should be at the height of their happiness now, from the whole day. That the father is coming back home, the husband is going to enter the house, somebody is more than elated, their son is walking in now. It should be the most relaxing moment for everyone. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would enter the home cheerfully. Now this is the first step, first step into the house. Whatever happened outside, happened outside, to be left outside. A person had a long hard day, so why make it a long hard night also? He had a long hard day, so make it a very pleasant evening. Leave all the negativity of the day outside, why bring that back home? The person says, no, but I was very very frustrated the whole day and the boss gave me a hard time, or somebody else, the customer gave me a hard time, or whatever other difficulties were encountered for the day. So now, since I had a very long, hard day, so now I must share the grief that I had. How? Make everybody else feel the pain also. So now I must come very, very frustrated home, and start slamming the door, and maybe just growling instead of making salam, and just complaining about everything, and put everybody in a state of misery. This was not the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is not the way that a house will become a home. 
In fact, this is the perfect prescription of destroying the home and making it just a house. So the first thing is entering cheerfully. Entering cheerfully how? Then with salam. That the person enters cheerfully, making salam cheerfully, in a loving manner, with affection. There's a vast different salam is salam obviously, but one is a salam where even that salam will make a person go into high alert. And the other is that salam that melts the heart. So now the salam that the person walks into the house with must be that salam that just makes everybody's heart melt. That it's just pouring out with love and muhabbat. There's a cheerful salam. When Rasulullah would enter the house, this is his teaching. That when you enter the, the Quran Sharif is giving us this teaching, is You enter your home, make salam. This is the greeting from Allah Taala, full of barakat, full of blessings. Nabi Islam said to Anas when you enter your home, make salam to the people of the home. This will become a source of barakah for you, for the people of your household. So salam, entering with salam. Then together with that, the dua that we have been taught in entering the home, there are masnoon duas on every occasion. But the least is, the simplest and the very least is the person enters with Bismillah. He opens the door with Bismillah. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that a person enters the home and then he closes the door but does not recite Bismillah. Then the Shayateen enter that home. But if he recites Bismillah and closes the door, the Shayateen say that you got no place here. There is no accommodation for you in this house. Now by saying Bismillah, reciting the Masnoon Dua on that occasion, and the Shayateen are there to try and cause that difficulty to try and break down that muhabbat he must block that door to shaitan don't allow shaitan to enter that home lock that door to him simply by remembering to recite bismillah recite the musnoon dua enter the home in the correct manner in the sunnah manner so this is just only the entry this is only the entry but if a person just ponders over it and if he just pictures it in his mind for a moment that if i truly enter in this manner He'll already start feeling happy within himself. Later on what happens is he'll bring to others. Because the sunnah has everything good in it for us. And there can only be khair and barakat in bringing the sunnah alive. And the sunnah is full of life and full of light. And when a person has entered his home in this Mubarak manner, the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa why won't that barakat enter with him? And why won't it bring that muhabbat within the people of the household? And we still haven't yet started, we haven't gone into the house properly. Only yet entered, but there's so much of khair already in this entry. Then naturally a person comes home. When a person enters the home, now he's just come back after a long day. Naturally, normally the system would be, then a person, the family sits down to eat. Now this is also again, the family sits down to eat. So, that's what should be the case. That they should be a joint eating time. And the family should eat together. Unfortunately, in the kind of lifestyles often that we end up in, everybody has their own eating time. Somebody comes and eats in their time, and somebody else in another time. Whereas that's a very important time. And that time where the family sits to eat together must be a very comfortable time. It can be the simplest of meals. But if that meal is partaken with muhabbat, then that will be a very enjoyable time for everybody. 
And it can be the most sumptuous meal. It can be the most lavish meal. But if it is under tension, even during that time, there's all kind of interrogation happening and all kinds of frustrations being vented and all kinds of other issues being raised, then even that good meal also would be tasteless. People would be trying to shy away from it and running away from it. That time must be kept very light. Rasulullah this eating time was a time that was used to engender muhabbat. He would eat together in the same utensil with his wives. He would occasionally put some morsel into their mouth. Nabi Islam says the person who puts a morsel into the mouth of his wife, that too will get the reward of sadaqah. Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that when I would eat with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and I would take a bite out of a morsel, and if I kept it down, he would pick it up, and he would deliberately then bite from the same spot that I had taken a bite from. Now that's not going to change the, change the taste of the food, but it will change the taste of the heart. The amount of sweetness it will bring to the heart is unimaginable. She says when I would drink from a utensil, and I would keep it down, Nabi Islam would pick it up, turn it and drink from the spot I drank from. Now that's not going to change the taste of the liquid in it. But the sweetness it will bring into the heart, that is beyond the sweetness that anything can give in world. Now what is the showing consideration? That meal time was used as an occasion to display this consideration, this affection in a meaningful manner, in a clean and pure way, and in a way that made that muhabbat grow. But unfortunately we waste this opportunity and that becomes another whole tense situation. Whereas this is supposed to be a very light soap. Now this, this makes this house into a home. It might be a hut, but it become a very, very comfortable home. If that meal was shared with muhabbat, it might have been the simplest of food. It might have been dal roti, whatever it might be. But it was shared with muhabbat, that will be a very, very satisfying meal. Then in that meal, obviously, again, when eating, when sitting down to eat, to sit down together, once some sahaba mentioned to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we eat but don't seem to get satisfied. Nabi Islam said, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَفْتَرِقُونَ Maybe you're all sitting in your own times, not sitting together. He said, yes, this is what's commonly the situation. No, 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 sit together. Sit together, take the name of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. This will be a means of barakah for you. So sitting together, anything. Then taking the name of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. When a person takes the name of Allah ta'ala before eating, dua, the shayateen call upon one another, here yeah, there is no food for you. You get away from here. So we deprive, deprive the shayateen. Don't give them space in our home. So when we will deprive the shayateen by keeping the sunnah alive, then there won't be space for the shayateen to cause all the difficulties and all the uh, fighting and quarreling and bickering. Because now the shayateen don't have space to come and do all this. They're not allowed there. And the simple way to keep the shayateen out is to keep them out by means of keeping the sunnah in. The extent we keep the sunnah alive in our homes, to that extent the shayateen have to stay out. Then together with that, there's many, many aspects in this regard, the time is already running out. Now that the person is at home, so there should be family time. What is this family time? Who could have been more, uh, a more busy person than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He had the whole ummah to worry about. Who could have had greater pressure than him? Nobody. Look at the seerat of Rasulullah the kind of situation and the kind of circumstances and the 
amount of pressure that was of nobody till the end of time can ever come to one fraction of that pressure. Who could have been more in concern and worry? Daim al fiqh mutawasil al ahzan laysat lahu rahatun. Nabi Salaam is described in the ahadith constantly in this concern, in this grief, and forever in this perpetual worry, never had a sense of, never any kind of peace that he could be completely relaxed. But that was within himself. Yet, with all that, open the books of ahadith, you'll find, Babu ma ja'afi samari Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at night, he would sit with the adwaj mutahharat, there would be some conversation, there would be even some light-heartedness, in that there would be some discussion of things that would be light-hearted at the same time giving a very great moral and lesson also. Nabi Wasallam, despite being the busiest person on earth and despite having the greatest responsibility that anybody will have on earth, nobody can have a fraction of the responsibility he had. And despite being the person with the greatest amount of pressure upon him, he had time to regularly and daily in fact sit down with the Azwaj Mutaharat to talk to them. After Asar Salah, I would go and visit all the wives as well and spend a little while at each one's place. All this was part of that family time, that quality family time. Presently, unfortunately, our family time is that each one is stuck to their own screen. Each one is stuck to their own screen. It has become everyone to themselves and none for each other. And this has destroyed the home and made it just a house. They are just disconnected individuals living under the same roof. So this, this is the other part of it, that there has to become self-free zones in the home and self-free time. That after Isha is self-free time. Now it's time for everybody to be connected to each other. Certain rooms of the home are self-free zones. That place where everybody's going to eat, that living room, etc. are self-free zones. Nobody, otherwise everybody is disconnected from each other. They're connected with the rest of the world. In this time there should be Talim. Together with this little quality conversations, etc., some light-heartedness, there should be talim. There should be some time for tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Abu Huraira, whether each one is doing it in the individual, individually or a fixed time for everybody sitting together in a fixed place, making their own tilawat. Abu Huraira says that a home, when tilawat of the Quran Sharif takes place in that home, then kasura khayru the khair and the good of that home increases and the malaika descend upon that home and the shayateen flee that home and when there's no tilawat of the Quran Sharif and he also says ittasa ala ahlihi and it becomes very comfortable for the people of the home and if there's no tilawat of the Quran Sharif in that home then that home daqa ala ahlihi it becomes a very constrained place it might be a huge palace but the person is claustrophobic in the huge palace he's looking for some space and the malaika are gone from there, the shayateen come, the barakat leaves, till out of the Qur'an Sharif daily. Time for some tasbihat, dua. This is what makes that house into a home. And together with all this, time to interact with our children. To hear them out, give them some quality time. We'll get to know how they're thinking, what, what kind of things they're talking about. That will give us a chance to correct them. Otherwise, it will just be barking instructions sometimes. And what their demands are, we are trying to now just ward off those demands and they're trying to increase it. And as a result, we become disconnected. That time is necessary to interact with them. There should be that open communication. This is what starts making this whole house into a home. 
And when this house becomes a home, then a person sees that barakat, that happiness, that unity, that muhabbat, that tranquility. But as mentioned, it requires a simple renovation, the spiritual renovation. The time is already gone. There are many other aspects, inshallah, on some other occasion, Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq. But just bringing the sunnah alive, bringing the way of Rasulullah alive, bringing the commands of Allah Ta'ala alive, this will transform this house into a home and make it a place of sukoon. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq.